What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning, um, and please be seated. Um, this is Ben and Kelly with the Internet Law Center, and you're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report. Um, happy Rhode Island Independence Day to all my friends in Rhode Island. And uh, we have a great show for you today. We're going to be starting off with Fran Mayer. She is the president and executive chair of Trustee, and you know they are definitely one of the pre- preeminent players in the privacy space. Um, she's been with them um, since 2001 and was also the co-founder of Match.com. And um, Fran, are you with us? I sure am. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. It's interesting because we actually talked about Match.com last week, you know, the, the pending litigation. But um, it's great to have you here with Trustee. And um, why don't you tell us, you know, for those who are unfamiliar with Trustee, what exactly the organization is? Well, I'll I'll try and and put those things together. Uh, Way back in 1997, when I was running Match.com, we were doing everything we could to make sure that consumers would trust. And if you think about it, Match.com was one of the first social networks, and you would collect a lot, we would collect a lot of information. So we were one of the first uh, uh, customers of Trustee, because Trustee awards a trust mark, based on the certification of the privacy practices of the organization or website. So, in other words, uh, Match had to agree back then that information wouldn't be shared without permission and that there was security and things like that. We were able to put on the trust mark, and 
maybe more people um, decided to use Match.com versus another service or spent more time and money on Match.com than they would have otherwise. So and, um, today, so go yeah. ahead. So today, Trustee certifies about four thousand different uh, websites um, across the world from very large companies. Uh, such as Pfizer and NFL and eBay and Microsoft and Facebook, to very small companies that you and I probably don't even know who are looking for a a sign of legitimacy. We also are doing more services for companies. So right now we have a compliance solution for online behavioral advertising notice and choice. Well, actually, I'd like to get into that a little bit, but you know, Trustee recently went from being a nonprofit to being a uh, for-profit. Um, yep. what, what was behind that move, and, and how has that ter- um, turned out? Well, yeah, you know, we as an industry association nonprofit, Trustee was growing pretty well after the dot-com bust in the early aughts, but it got to the point that we were seeing, and it's so true that the privacy issues were getting more complex, that there were more opportunities to address them with some technology. The long tail and international opportunities also were there, and that consumers needed more protection than what trustee could do um, within the constraints of an underfunded industry association. So we were able to raise money. Our, Our primary investor first round was Excel, and I was able to convince the nonprofit board that if they want to have impact, trustee needed to have technology, have product people, uh, invest in, in solving some of the uh, issues that have come down the pike and do it at scale. And uh, fortunately, we did that. And we raised the money in mid-2008. I, as you all know, 2009 was a tough year. But... You know, we're almost three years into it, and we've introduced a number of new products, um, sale program that's highly scalable and almost automatic for small businesses. We've introduced some technology that can scan websites for privacy issues. Uh, we have now a mobile privacy app certification, cloud certification, and a completely scalable uh, approach for notice and choice for behavioral advertising. And there's even more coming, so I'm thrilled. I couldn't be happier. And uh, you guys have certainly made a mark in the industry. I, I think you're, you're kind of the uh, the good housekeeping seal of approval. But more importantly, when it comes to the policy debates, it seems that you guys are always at the table, which is, a, I guess, a sign of the kind of the, the clout and respect you guys have generated all these years. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, we submitted, I think, a 25-page report of comments to the FTC because <laughs> there was so much to say. You know, everybody thought that report was about do not track, but actually it really talked about better privacy notices and, and privacy by design and accountability, right. all kinds of things. So we had a lot to say about it. Yeah, do not Which track was the headline. And that's what the press sees on. But right, I mean, privacy by design was a very important concept. And you know, for those of you listening who are unfamiliar, um, the, the privacy by design concept is that um, companies, instead of um, acting reactively, act proactively and, and consider, implement privacy as part of their business decisions. 
And so, um, you know, instead of launching a product and then worrying about the privacy implications afterwards, you know, which I won't name any companies, um, you know, even if they are named Google, but um, <laughs> and and so you know, that that's really what that's about, and, and it's kind of a major step forward. And um, what, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, my thought is, is is that we more and more need people to start thinking about privacy not after the fact, but as they're building the, their products and thinking about the value proposition. And and here's why: because essentially, you've got to have a value proposition for asking people for more information. Otherwise, they're not going to have the trust, or you're not going to have a defense on why you need that information and why you should keep it. And if we start thinking about your information like your money, then it makes sense to start thinking about it with that value proposition in mind. Does that make now, sense? You, you could take a, a different view in that if you look at what happened with GameStation, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but GameStation is a, a UK game, st- game site that last April 1st, as an April Fool's joke, um, changed its terms and conditions to state that. Um, if you um, accept these terms and conditions, you grant them an option to your e- eternal soul, and which they can exercise actually by um, in using letters and, and um, written in flame on your front lawn, and you waive all um, rights to damages to your lawn. Or you could opt out, and uh, I know really some lawyer had, had a great time with that. Or you could opt out and get five pounds. And I, I'm. I'm I don't have the precise number you know, at the top of my head, but I think it was something in the magnitude of only like 10 to 15% opted out, which says that you know, consumers don't, don't read these terms. And so you, you could argue that that's a reflection of you know, consumers don't really care about these issues or they don't care enough to really be, be vigilant about it. They, I don't know what your reaction is you know, to that. What yeah, you well, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, of debate about these things. And... One of the, um, it, it's, so for example, to say that people opt out of things, does that mean that that's what they want? Or is it sufficient enough to give them a really good accessible notice? And does that build the trust? So for example, the OBA space, a lot of advertisements now have the forward I in the little blue circle. Mm-hmm. A lot of consumers are clicking on that and looking at the disclosures, but only a very small number are choosing to opt out of behavioral advertising. Now, does that mean, do you measure that program by the number of people that opt out, or do you measure it by the number of people who take a look at it and decide that the value proposition is in favor of them staying in? Right? Right, and so what, what do you think is really the better measure? I think it's how many people have a chance that look at it and contemplate having uh, making a change, but whether or not they do is it, it, kind of irrelevant because privacy is so unique to all of us, right? Um, right. We just did a mobile survey, and we found that um, of the people who think they're given notice on their mobile phones about location tracking, and actually, most people are given notice, but of the people who were given notice about location tracking, only 35%, or I should say consumers, say yes to, it's okay to know my location about 35% of the time. Well, I probably do it 90% of the time. 
And I'm sure a lot of people never do it. But that's a matter of our choices. Right. But you know, there's also you know, the issue of, of is it an informed choice? Um, you know, a lot of people think privacy policies may be too dense. And you know, oh, we've seen some different. examples yeah. of you know, moving towards a more um, uniform or, or templatized um, privacy disclosures that are then followed by more detailed disclosures after that. And um, do you see that, that becoming the, um, kind of the standard in the future? Oh, you know, that was so clear what the FTC would like to see. We're actually moving all of our small companies to a templated short notice. We'll be announcing that in the middle of uh, later this month. And you can't get away from the complete legal thing. But as far as the consumer thinks about it, we did some focus groups. They think it's all, you know, CYA. Right? I don't know what I can say on a podcast. The, the Catholic Youth Association? <laughs> they, think it's, they think it's legal. Uh, <laughs> they think it's legal speak. No, I, you can say actually all, all the three words. But yes, um, well, in essence, you know that that is obviously, but um, that that's you know there are two purposes of it. One is to inform; the other is to protect. And um, <laughs> and um, so, but well, the protect um, part has has been dominating versus the, the inform part. Well, I, I think you know part of it is I, the fact that um, the, the consumers, you know, the what the um, game station. Example, you know, experience. You know, it, it's instructive because it shows you know, consumers don't read the policies, and so if that's the case, um, you know, from a legal point of view, one approach could be, well, let's just put you know the whole everything you want in there, and um, and so you know, protect yourself, you know, for the next two centuries or something like that, and um, which is kind of obviously a hyperbole, but um, you know, there is that incentive to you know, to just be as overreaching as you can in the policy, but, and, but not necessarily act that way in, in reality, but just have that option and protect yourself. And I think that's what the FTC wants to move away from in the templates, partly. And also just because they're more understandable. Right. And the, the other thing is, I would say, is, is what we call just-in-time notice. So if you are doing something that is unexpected, so, for example, you're sharing information with a third party for marketing purposes. Right. Uh, it's not sufficient now to just put that in the privacy policy. You've got to at least link to it from that place where that information is being collected um, so that the consumer has a chance to really kind of get to it. And this whole OBA notice of choice, it's in the advertisement that's behavioral targeted to you. So that kind of makes sense. It's at the place where it's happening. Now, do you? I mean, you guys are offering a behavioral targeting product. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about it. But you know, this, this de- debate about um, behavioral targeting—do um, you think consumers appreciate you know, what the the benefits versus the risk, um, or you know, the the privacy implications of behavioral targeting, or do you think there's kind of this media um, view that behavioral targeting is icky? You know, it, I think some consumers do see some ads that they would maybe describe as creepy. You know, they visit a shoe store and the shoes follow around them around the Internet. Okay? Right. That's usually behavioral advertising. When you're on Facebook, and I got this, this ad once that said, 
47 and overweight, you know, with a picture of a woman. <laughs> it's like, okay. And, you know. Well, that clearly is not example. targeting them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an example of, on Facebook, they can target to women of a certain age, and the advertiser can make an inference that women of a certain age might be interested in weight loss products, right? I found that kind of creepy, but I realized it wasn't behavioral targeting. I don't know if consumers understand those kinds of distinctions. I think that um, in action, consumers apparently do buy more stuff on ads that are more relevant to them. I also think that if I wasn't targeted and they didn't know, have some inference about my gender or age or so on, I'd get a whole heck of a lot of Viagra ads, right? And children with that, but yeah, that's just true. Right. So, yeah, okay. So, uh, you want to tell us more? And uh, so, so the point is, is I think that uh, consumers have, by their actions, see the relevance. We asked them a couple of years ago, and you know, it depends on how you ask this question, but do you like uh, behavioral advertising to deliver more relevant ads? You probably, we got more than 50% saying yes. If somebody else asks, do you like uh, the internet internet uh, advertisers tracking your every move, you're going to get a lot of consumers to say no, right? So there's a lot of different language around these different uh, concepts. And I think as an industry, we're starting to learn how to explain it right and show the value. But we're still really, really early in that. And I think we're really early in even giving them good choices. I, I do think, though, there's greater awareness and, and I think sensitivity within the industry over this. Um, but why don't you tell us about your, your product in the behavioral targeting field? Right. So um, we're one of the uh, three companies approved by the Digital Advertising Alliance. That's an organization that was formed by a number of the advertising industry associations. So the Quad A's, AANA, AAAF, DMA, and so on. And what they did is they God, said, God, if you have to buy a bottle, you're in trouble. <laughs> right, I know. We want to get in front of this issue and show that self-regulation can work and give notice to consumers for behavioral advertising and give them choices. And um, all these industry associations have a timeline for their members to comply with the self-regulatory framework. And basically that framework is you've got to give consumers notice and choice. Uh, everybody's supposed to use this forward eye icon. It's blue, has an eye and kind of an arrow going to the right with the word add choices. And when you click on that, the consumer is being presented with um, some education about uh, behavioral advertising and the option to opt out of all behavioral advertising or select or various retargeting and other uh, uh, different permutations. What Trustee brings to it, um, we think it's unique. Of course, we bring to it our brand that we know that consumers know and trust. We bring to it uh, a flexibility so that brand advertisers versus ad networks can customize the message that they want to say about their privacy program. Clearly, if a client is certified by trustee, they're able to uh, demonstrate that there, too. And uh, 
we're just all trying to get everybody to get on this, this bandwagon because we actually think it's going to be important here, but potentially it's going to be important in Europe where um, the regulations are a bit more oppressive, I think, to uh, advertising than here. Um, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, um, we're going to continue our conversation with Fran, and we'll talk more about behavioral targeting, and we'll get into mobile privacy. Um, back after Great. these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f*** performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh! Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. November 16th. 2004, the beginning of WebmasterRadio.fm and its immediate impact on the internet business world. AdTech, Avcon, Search Engine Strategies, Conversion Conference, Search Bash, Affiliate Bash. We bring you the most extensive and detailed trade show coverage, coast to coast and worldwide. Trade show coverage delivered your way. Download it on demand now on WebmasterRadio.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. We have Brand to talk more about what all the things that's going on with trustee and privacy. And um, just before we left, you, you were talking about your behavioral targeting product. And was there anything further you wanted to add about that? Um. You know, what's really exciting is a lot of big brands are getting on the, the bandwagon and, and certainly starting to experiment with this, and I think we're, we're learning quite a lot. We're also, at the same time, um, working with IE9 on its um, do-not-track kind of implementation, mm-hmm. uh, which is called Trusted Protection List. So for the consumers who really care about privacy and want not to be tracked, they can download, and we're not the only ones providing a tracking protection list, but we're one of the only ones who are providing a allow list in addition to a, uh, a do not allow list. And what we think that does is give consumers the choice to, hey, I'm okay being tracked by these guys because they live up to a standard and they're not attaching, for example, my PII 
or they're not retaining my data for too long. And uh, I think that's an, an interesting experiment that we're all watching very closely. Now, you know, what we're seeing is, is um, an evolution of two kinds. One evolution is happening in the marketplace through the, each of the browsers trying to introduce their own um, do not track mechanism or you know, opt out mechanism. And then, um, then um, we also have the debate going on in Congress over you know, what, what should be um, the, the legal requirements here and, what, and what, what rights should consumers have. And so you, you, there's somewhat, I guess, a state of flux or ambiguity. And how do you as a, a, a service provider respond when you really don't know where we're going to be landing? Yeah, you know, and, and I think so many clients are sitting there thinking or, or businesses of all different kinds, maybe I shouldn't do anything right now till this straightens out. And I think that's really the wrong thing to do because you're going to be caught uh, potentially not with any sort of learning or any sort of solution or even a place uh, of departure. So a couple of things. One, I think the, the FTC Google uh, consent decree pretty much outlines that you better have a privacy program and you better live up to your promises. And if that wasn't a very strong message to industry, I don't know what is. Second, most of the, I'm thinking about the Carrie McCain and Stern's bill, both contemplate a self-regulatory approach as being part of the enforcement of, of, a, a, of a privacy law, a broad-based privacy law. And certainly most of the self-regulatory organizations and trust mark organizations have had a chance to provide some input into the development of that legislation. Um, because the idea is, and, and this is true in Europe as well, the regulators can't do an enforcement. And if there is a way to get companies to jump on a solution set that's good for consumers, they want to put in some incentives to make that happen. So no. we're feeling that that could be a good thing. Now, you, you talked about um, the risk that are, exists because of Europe, and, and Europe now has a new um, Minister of Justice, excuse me, the EU has a new Minister of Justice who uh, wants to rewrite their privacy laws, and I guess she's a strong advocate of the, the what is called the right to be forgotten. That is, if I leave a site like Facebook or something else, um, I have the right to remove all my content and you know more or less disappear as if I wasn't um, I wasn't on the site at all. And um, so, yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? it um, what, what do you see happening, and have where are they in the process in Europe? Yeah, and, and you know, the, I'm trying to think of the French word because it, it is kind of. Somewhere between forgotten and oblivion, I think, is the, the <laughs> translation. <laughs> so, so it's it's an interesting concept. Well, let me let me just point out a problem with it right now, um, and also I think a promise of it. Um, how many? Probably a lot of people in your audience got notices about security breaches as a result of the um, Epsilon breach a few months back, uh, a few weeks back, right? Right. And a lot of people got notices even if they had unsubscribed. And that's because when you unsubscribe from something, you don't want to hear from the company. In fact, I unsubscribed from Borders today. Um, they actually had to put me on a list, right? Right. So that's that the they whole, don't it, send me something. It protects you. 
right? Right. But if borders had a breach, they'd, and that breach took my name that's on that list not to be sent any email to, um, you know, it just, I'd have to get an email, right? And I right. think it's very confusing to people in both email and tracking that if you don't want to be bothered, they kind of have to know that you don't want to be bothered, right? So how do you achieve I want to be forgotten and be forgotten? Because if you want to be forgotten, then they don't know you, so then they might still send you something or try to market to you, right? right? And I know this is nuanced and confusing, but it's tough. That being said, I honestly think young people should have the right to be forgotten. You know, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, particularly (laughs) considering what the potential um, is um, 10 years down the road when these guys are all getting out of grad school and um, and they're, um, you know, they're realizing all the stuff that they posted over the years is um, is now coming back to haunt them. And uh, (laughs) so I think, yeah, I think there's going to be greater awareness about this over time um, just for that reason. And um, it may even become an issue here on this side of the Atlantic. Yeah, it's a very different privacy discussion in different sides. And our feeling in talking to industry in Europe is that um, the the lawmakers might be uh, a few steps ahead of where industry or even the, the consumers are. So I'm not sure there's the support for some of the proposals. Um well, in the United States, I'm not sure that there's, you know, everybody's jumping up and down about having to provide better notice and choice. I think there's grudgingly, grudging acceptance that this is the right thing to do at this juncture. Uh, but, of course, we're talking mostly an opt-out regime here versus an opt-in regime in Europe. You know, the, you guys have done a lot in terms of online privacy. And um, it, it seems that we may actually be in somewhat of a, an industry or a, a platform shift since more and more is being done in, in a mobile environment, whether it's you know, your cell phone or your iPad or whatever. And, and so you guys are also have products for the mobile space as well. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. We have a mobile app certification, and we just did a consumer survey with Eris that we announced last week. And what was the result? On mobile privacy. And that was fascinating. So so first about our mobile privacy certification, we look at mobile apps on some platforms. We look at what information they're collecting. We help them come together with a good privacy policy that is very much in short form, menu form. If you, for, for those of you in the audience who uh, use Allstate or Yelp, you can go ahead and take a look on your iPhone, I think, and and see what the privacy policy looks like. The good news is that privacy policy and the disclosures really focus on the things our survey told us that consumers care about, which is uh, location and uh, tracking and what information is being collected. So location under our certification has to be an opt-in because that's really considered pretty sensitive information and in the wrong hands can be abused. What we found in the survey is people um, are concerned about tracking of all kinds. I think uh, what surprised me was overall in the phone environment, privacy is a bigger concern than security. And 
that's not what, what we typically saw on the Internet in the early years. And I think it's because this phone is so personal to you. Um, it has all your information, has your location. It's, it's sort of one-to-one on you. You know, an example uh, that is at my house, we might sit down as a family and kind of share a computer in one of the downstairs rooms. But if I were to grab my son's phone, forget it. You know, can't do that, Mom. <laughs> That's true. I mean, right? that is you your know? ultimate that, um, sense of privacy, who you call, who you yeah. text, um, and then where you've been. You know, I heard um, – I'm I not sure how much this is true, but, you know, um, in Korea, which is you know, very much in a mobile environment – they have um, obviously you can wives are putting tracking mechanisms on their husbands' phones to see where they are, and then husbands are buying um, a device that actually masks where they are and and has it gives another location, and um, so yeah, it just shows how personal um, this information really is. And, um, and because it's so personal, I think that's why privacy is kind of so important. Now, do you see Congress addressing mobile privacy this session, or is it really more like getting something on the whole behavioral targeting issue is probably the most that will be achieved? Oh, I don't know. After the Apple thing last week, which I think, frankly, in my view, was maybe more of a security issue than a privacy issue. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.